Welcome to another fun-filled weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, and Sydney Brown. Hello, haters. It's me. <laughs> I'll explain why I said that in a second. <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And sorry about me adjusting my monitor. You're going to watch this on the YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow me at Kibigi, at Kibigi on the Twitter and at Kibigi on the IG. You can catch this podcast, Second City Sports, on YouTube first every Monday and Friday right here at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media right here on YouTube. That's every Monday and every Friday. You can catch our podcast, Second City Sports, the audio version. Excuse me. Every Tuesday and every Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and every Saturday, the audio version podcast at War on Anchor, which takes you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. We are available on podcast platforms. And make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more details. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. And we're on all social media platforms, including right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. And thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Lakina, let's start with baseball. You want the good news or the bad news? Well, I've always been a bad news first type of person. <laughs> <laughs> Psych! <laughs> let's go with some good news for a change. I know some of you folks love the drama, but let's start off with some good news. The North Siders, the men in blue, i.e. the Chicago Cubs, they did something that, that hasn't been done to a defending world championship team in, in 68 series. I'm talking about they swept, sweeping away the defending world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. This was the first time that the L.A. Dodgers were swept uh, in a series in 68 uh, tr 68 series. Uh, the Cubs offense showed up. The final scores from earlier this week, they were rained out on Monday, so they had a doubleheader on Tuesday. The Cubs swept the doubleheader by the scores of 7-1 to one and 4-3, to three, and they wrapped up the series finale this past Wednesday with a 6-5 to five victory. Lakina, mm -hmm. I want to sit here and say that the Cubs offense is back. I want to say the pitching is going to catch up with the hitting. I'm going to use my common sense. I'm going to use the left side of my brain, which is the intelligent side of my brain, for those of you that are new listeners and viewers. I'm going to use the left side of my brain. I want to see more. I want to see more. That's great that you did it against the uh, defending world championship team who's struggling right now, and believe me, they'll come out of it. But for the Cubs, this series meant more to them, and hopefully it gives them confidence as they start uh, the weekend series against the Pittsburgh Pirates here in Chicago as of this recording. I was encouraged by what I saw, but the middle relief, not that great. But the starting pitching, i.e. Kyle Hendricks, in that, in that first game of the doubleheader this past Tuesday, he was tremendous. So it gives you encouraging signs. The offense picked up as the scores that you, that you just heard. Uh, the, those are encouraging signs. But I want to see more before I start running down Addison in Waveland Avenues, okay? <laughs> Well, uh, let's keep it in perspective, but uh, it's not time to celebrate just yet. 
Right. I mean, let's just be, you know, cautiously optimistic, right, about on this. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, Kyle Hendricks picks a great gem, a complete game. It's May now, so, you know, this is usually when you, mm -hmm. we get to see the Kyle Hendricks that we know and love. You know, he has six strikeouts, only one walk, only that one run by Ruiz, but, you know, it was sort of a garbage home run, so they were up, you know, Cubs were up seven, nothing by then, so it really didn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. But but I think, look, I think this is, this is a kind of interest yeah, we will be seeing. So now that's, you know, he said it takes him a couple of stars, especially early in the season to get to be what we all thought he should be. So, you know, that's, you know, that's all that. Hopefully that could be just a confidence boost for him and just a start of great mm -hmm. things to come for him. Um, look, you know, Jason Hayward has some big hits. Rizzo had some, has some great hits. Bodie has some, mm -hmm. uh, some uh, timely clutch hitting. So Rizzo, you know, ran out of the, uh, <laughs> ran into the dugout after he hit that, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that walk off. So, you know, on, on, on Wednesday. So I think. Yeah, I saw that one. That was tremendous. <laughs> that was so funny. You heard the announcement from both the, the local and national, because remember, you know, Cubs fans were able to actually see it on ESPN here in Chicago. All the, mm -hmm. all the announcers were having a, having a fun time with it. It was just hilarious. But look, I think. Like, if you see the defending champions, you know, I don't care who you are, that can only help you with your confidence. And hopefully, you know, this is sort of like, you know, a sign of good things to come for the for the Cubs. Like you said, Sid, the middle relief, you, you still want to, like, strangle a couple of those middle relief guys. But, yeah. But, but, yeah, but hopefully I think, look, the, the pitching, the, the starting pitching is, mesh, has mesh, is meshing. And, look, I think, look, it's not the sneeze that we sweep the defending world champs. I mean, that that's not – I know they're struggling. The Dodgers are struggling right now, but – you know, look, you, you got, you know, Clay, you know, Clay, Clayton Kershaw out of there after the first inning. I mean, you were able to kind of, you know, get out of the jams. And, look, some guys, you know, stepped up. You know, some of the pitchers, you know, once, you know, it looks like Ariel's going to be on the DL for about another week and a half. So, I think that's what you want if you're a Cubs fan. Like, you got, like, you got the Pirates. You should be able to beat the Pirates. Also, too, look at your, look at your division. Look at the NL Central. I mean, the, the Brewers have lost five in a row as it's recorded. They were swept by the Phillies. You know, the Cardinals, you know, they've lost a couple in a row, too. So, there's a long jam. There's only a four-game like, difference between the, the, the first place and the last place team in the Central. So, believe it or not, that division is still there for the taking. So, I think if you're a Cubs fan, you got to be feeling, you know, cautiously encouraged right now. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown as we talk about the Chicago Cubs in their triumphant sweep of the Los Angeles Dodgers this past week. Lakina, you mentioned some of the hurdles that this Cubs team will have to go through as far as injuries to their players are concerned. You mentioned Jake Arrieta, who's been their best starting pitcher. He's on the IL for the next, like, like you said, week and a half or so. And have retro to May 4th. He's on the IL with a rib injury. So, and there's also that a couple other guys who that's on the IL. So, the Cubs are treading water right now. But as I mentioned before, the uh, it's nice to see signs of this offense from this offense going in the right direction, pointing up. Now, you should be able to beat up on Pittsburgh this weekend. There should be no excuses. You should do no worse than taking two out of three. Oh, yeah, you absolutely. saw what Pittsburgh did during the first series of the season. Yeah. Okay. This time around, you're on fire. You're coming off of, of a great sweep of the defending world champs. Hopefully this is not a letdown. Hopefully this is not a trap series. Because if it is, we come back here on Tuesday and then the Cubs play with their tails between their legs, there's going to be a whole lot of trouble. And that's the one thing you want to avoid. So, look, get two out of three, even mm -hmm. better sweep. And, look, you know, the Pirates mm -hmm. have you know, not been playing very well lately. You can take advantage of that and – 
to beat a team that you should beat, you know, and beat a team in a series that you should win the majority, if not the very least, sweep. So I think that's it. That's what Cub fans are hoping for, and hopefully that'll that'll happen. Yeah, the uh, the schedule gets a little bit tougher for the Cubs, uh, as you mentioned. We entering the month of May. Of course, they took care of the Dodgers early this week. They're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend as we speak. Uh, next week, you go to uh, you have an off day on Monday, and then on this coming Tuesday and Wednesday, you play two games at Cleveland with the uh, early evening game on Tuesday and then the early afternoon game on Wednesday. Um, next weekend, you're at Detroit for three games. Uh, so the Tigers, they're crap, but you should take care of business there. And then the following Monday, the 17th, you'll host the Washington Nationals for four straight games at Wrigley Field in the return of Cal Schwarber. And I wouldn't be surprised if John Lester would get a start in that game, one of those games either. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. Hopefully he's not hurt or manager Davey Martinez decides to not play him, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. I'm using their cross for those that are listening. So if you're the Cubs, uh, you have some – you have some chances to make up ground here. You're one game under 500 as of this recording. So after this weekend, it gets a little tougher with Cleveland, but the schedule is in your favor. So there's no excuses to make up some ground, as, as we talked about here before. The NS Central right now is above average, is slightly above average at best, but everybody's in the same path, uh, including the Cincinnati Reds. We'll get to them in just a second. But no one's running away with this, with this division, not anytime soon anyway. Oh, no, not, not at all. And I, look, look, the Cardinals have had their struggles. Like I said, the, the Brewers, as it's recording, have lost five in a row. They got swept by the Phillies, like I said. So, look, no, one, no one's running away with this division. So, I think the Cubs, if you're a Cubs fan, I think you should be feeling very encouraged where you are right now. And, and hopefully, you know, that, you know, hopefully that they can, make, you know, they can gain some ground. Yeah, hopefully the Cubs can gain some ground, as we said before. The schedule's in their favor. And they just have to take advantage. Hopefully all three phases of the game for, for the Cubs will come around. The starting pitching, the offense, and the mental relief. And so things are looking up for the Cubs right now. Hopefully they can take advantage of it. Now on to the, the sad news from the south side, Lakina. Luis Robert La Pantera. Mm-hmm. He is out 12 to 16. Reese with that with the right hip flexor. Yep. I know we talked about it in our last episode, Lakina. We didn't know how long he was going to be out. Now that we know, it looks like he won't return until probably around the end of July or early August at mm-hmm. the latest uh, after the trade deadline. Him and Eloy Jimenez, who was injured in spring training, uh, should hopefully return around that time. So they'll give some morale to the White Sox. Hopefully they'll, over, they'll be over 500 by then, which I, I'm confident that they will be. Uh, Adam Engel, who was injured with that ankle toward the end of spring training, he's as of this recording, he's going to have another two weeks off before he returns by the end of this month. So the Sox are in dire straits for outfielders right now. Andrew Vaughn, who's starting to hit the ball, he's your starting left fielder for right now. He's actually been okay. That's something I wanted Eloy to do this year is be okay in the outfield. Of course, we won't get to see that right now because he's currently on the IL. But Lakina. <laughs> Looking at that short uh, two-game series against uh, Cincinnati, I was encouraged from what I saw on Tuesday with Dylan Cease. Congrats to him uh, tying a career high, personal career high with 11 strikeouts in, in seven innings of shutout ball, part of that 9 nothing victory over the Reds. But Wednesday's game, Dallas Keiko pitched his you-know-what off. 
But Tony LaRusso. <laughs> I don't want to go overboard here. I don't want to overreact, but how in the hell that you don't know the rules? Liam Hendricks, who's your closer, who's starting to turn it around a little bit. You know, I had my slight issues with him, but he started to turn it around on the mound, but you didn't know that you're not supposed to leave his ass in there in a 10th inning. What is he doing in there as a base runner? He's not a starting pitcher. This makes no sense. For those of you that are listening on our, on our podcast only, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can read my shirt. I hear forces that they don't like you. This goes to Tony U- LaRusso, you. This goes to UTLR. Now, I'm not going to be one of those idiots that, that, that are yelling out via Twitter, oh, he should be fired right now. He should get his walking papers. No. But I will say this. As you get up in age, and this is just life in general, as you get up in age, you're stuck in your ways. I get that. You've seen it all. You've been through it all. you heard it all. I got all that. But the question is for Tony LaRusso, are you so stubborn that you won't be able to change with the times or you're, or you're just still finding your way of managing this ball club, dealing with injuries, you trying to find your way? Which one is it? To put it in simpler terms, are you stuck on stupid? Or are you trying to manage this ball club that you obviously you didn't expect to manage now due to injuries this year? Which one is it? Well, here, look, this is just my, my sort of synopsis of all of this. Um, look, you're supposed to know the rules. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've been mm-hmm. away the game for so long. I mean, it wasn't as if he was away away from the game. He was around with the, with the Angels. So, you know, he's, he's still been there. I'm sure he saw in those cases where, hey, you know, in the tenth, starting the tenth inning, you gotta have your position guys on, you know, on base. You can't have your. It should your be Jose Abreu on second base, not Hendricks. Yeah, and it's sort of one of those things where you think, look, no one told him the rule. They didn't practice this in spring training. He's usually you're supposed to practice these kind of type of things. Forty. That's situations. what spring training is for. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things where you're like, okay, Ethan Katz, you know, the pitching coach. You know, no one told he didn't mm-hmm. tell him or any of the other position coaches. You know, they didn't tell him that. Uh, no. Get That's what I have assistant coaches there for. Get Hendricks out of there. I, I, I mean, look, I mean, there's a stubbornness of all this. Look, I'm not, I'm not there yet either, you know, that he should be fired. But again, you know, with everything that's been happening with the injuries, you know, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, you know, and yes, if, the, if I think we can honestly say if the White Sox record was a little bit better, I don't think this would be a big problem. People could just laugh about it. Ha ha, you know, hey, mm-hmm. you know, look, just something that we can laugh at, but Unfortunately, this is it. it you know, it, it's it's kind of like I don't think you know he's not going to get fired. You know, especially in midseason because that would mm-hmm. mean Ryan Stubb would have to admit that he made a big mistake, which and that's not happening, not right now. No, and look, I, I you know I know everyone said they want to give Rick Hahn a hug because he's putting this team get together. And yes, injuries have been mm-hmm. happening, but you know with some of the other stuff that's happened, and sometimes the hitting doesn't show up, and now you have injuries with some of your top players. It's just, you know, it's just unfortunate that this is sort of what White Sox, you know, and, you know, the team is going through right now. Could they make it right? Absolutely. But, again, you know, this is, again, this is sort of one of those situations where, you, in the end, though, you may want to kind of, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Now, now, look, the good news for them is that they do have somewhat of a favorable schedule. You know, they, they, you know, they play the Royals this weekend, and you know, the Royals just mm-hmm. got swept by the Indians, so – 
I watched yeah. some of that series. Cleveland outplayed them from start to finish. Yes, yes, they did that whole series. You know, you get you get Minnesota, you get Casey again for four, hosting you know in a, a G rate. Um, then you got Minnesota again, and also you get to play the Yankees, who have been who've been you know heating up. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but you know this is definitely some. This is sort of a way for the White Sox to kind of like get back into it, get back into the swing of things, sort of get into the groove. You played a lot of your your mm -hmm. top your top um you know, division rivals. So it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do here because, well, because there have been some articles that came out and said that LaRusso's losing the clubhouse. So I look, I, I think that this could be a hindrance, though, down the line in the season. It's probably going to end up being a long season if, you know, the White Sox don't get it together. And if you lose games, especially within your division, you, you don't let that negative attitude affect your clubhouse then there's, that's going to be a problem. I gave Larusa his props on our last episode when he benched Yerman Mercedes uh, uh, last Sunday in their loss against Cleveland. And, of course, that was the same game that Luis Robert uh, injured himself. And I said that at the time, that uh, Larusa was the perfect manager for this team. You got to set guidelines, and you had to uh, uh, create the culture. It's like, this is what you're expected to do from man one through man 25. If you don't uh, match that, you're not going to be on this team. And so the rules should apply to everybody. I don't care who you are. If you're late, you're not going to start. And if you don't give out those hard selections now, then there's going to be a problem. Now, I know, as I said, as I asked the question before, is Lewis stuck in his ways too much? Is he going to get in his way too much as far as uh, costing his team a playoff spot? Or is he still trying to find his way now dealing with uh, another injury? you dealing with Elo Jimenez, you're dealing with Adam Engel. Now you had to deal with Luis Roberts. He's not going to return to later on in the season. I know this is not the team that LaRusso was promised to manage uh, at the start of the season, okay. But he's still trying to find his way. I'm still going to give him a slight benefit of the doubt because this, this is a team that he, he has to just to manage, okay. But we, uh, on, we saw – the potential on Tuesday, even though that's a bad Cincinnati team. I know Joey Votto injured his thumb during that series. He's going to be out for a while for the Reds. But the White Sox still have enough depth to be competitive. Now, as of this recording, they're 16 and 13. This is exactly where they're supposed to be. Maybe give them a couple of games here and there, but this is where they're supposed to be. As we talked about before, guys, the Cleveland Indians, who I did not expect to make the playoffs, but but we told you they're going to be competitive. Lakina just told you, and I watched the majority of this series against Kansas City earlier this week. They outplayed Kansas City. They're going to be around, folks, until further notice. I'm sure they're going to tell off at some point, but right now they're not going to. I know Minnesota's struggling. I know Texas gave them all they could handle up there at Target Field early this week. But uh, Cleveland, they're not a joke, folks. If, if for the White Sox, uh, it's still good that you're around first place, even though you're a game or two behind. But uh, the White Sox have been put on notice, and no one's going to feel sorry for you because of your injuries. You still got to go out and go play. As Lakina just told you, reading out their schedule, if you want to be division champs, you want to compete for a playoff spot, you got to go through your division. And it starts this weekend at Kansas City. And we'll, we'll see. I'm sure Casey will not be in a very good mood after being swept by the mm -hmm. Indians. I'm sure they're going to be out for blood. And look, you know, it's sort of been up and down with you know the White Sox as they go to at, in K, in KC. So it's going to be very interesting to see mm -hmm. how the series goes because they're you know I don't think anybody thought that the Warriors would be out there as long as they have, but I'm sure they're going to be putting up a fight. So mm -hmm. I think you know the White Sox better be ready. 
Yeah, and you got your three best pitchers going this weekend. Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito. So, especially the Lucas Giolito, he needs to bounce back, and he'll start the game tomorrow if you're listening to us on our podcast. So, yeah, it's time for the Sox to put up or shut up, and then this is the month to do it as you play your biggest rivals in your division. Now, before we move on to uh, broader baseball, Lakina. I also want to give props to Dylan Cease. Uh, he went three for three at the plate on Tuesday uh, to go along with his uh, career, tying his career high in 11 strikeouts. I'm not saying put him at DH, okay, but uh, it was a, a nice moment for Mr. Cease. We talked about it a few episodes ago, Lakina. He, uh, he struggled coming out uh, to start the season. Uh, he's turned it around in his last two starts uh, with that uh, seven-inning uh, double-headed shutout game against Detroit where he struck mm-hmm. out nine. He struck out 11 this past Tuesday against the Cincinnati Reds. 20 strikeouts uh, in his last two starts. That's very impressive. Hoagie could be consistent enough to uh, uh, put his name back in the rotation so he won't lose that spot because because Michael Kopeck is coming it's just a matter of when he gets put in that rotation whether it's doing an injury or performance it'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up though and i think look look if you go 3 for 3 you rarely get a chance to hit you know playing in the american league i think you're always mm-hmm. you know you always you always feel pretty good and you know and i'll, I'll i think cc even said that he kind of surprised himself that he was able to go yeah. 3 so but, but I mean, look, it's it's nice it's nice you know when when that happens. I mean, look, you don't get a chance in AL pitching, you don't get a chance to hit. So of course, so you get mm-hmm. to, you, you get to you know cross cross leagues and then you know you can be able to hit. So it, it's it's look, I think it's it's always good, and I'm sure he's got you know something that he can brag about the rest of his career. So you know, <laughs> maybe he doesn't end up hitting anymore. All right, Sid. So uh, what what impressed you, you know, this week in baseball? Uh, I watched every game of the New York Yankees-Houston Astros series. Those fans at, at the Bronx at the New Yankees Stadium, they were into it from opening pitcher to the last out of each last one of those games. Of course, the Yankees failed to sweep. The Astros took the last game uh, on Thursday. But those first two games, uh, the Yankees showed up. Their bats showed up. John Carlos Stanton, he's on the current 12-game hitting streak as of this recording with five home runs during that stretch. Uh, he hit another one on Thursday to the opposite field. Uh, we all know that the troubles that he's had uh, playing in the pinstripe uniform, uh, due, basically due to injuries. But uh, right now, he is one of the main reasons why the Yankees have turned their season around. And also give credit to Aaron Judge as well. Uh, he's starting to show up. Uh, Garrett Cole, uh, he didn't deserve what happened to him on Thursday. He pitched a well of a game, even when the game was 3-2 Yankees. After he exited, that bullpen for the Yankees, uh, not yeah. so good. Uh, yeah. They were up to the challenge the first two games of that series, but the Thursday's game, uh, not so much. Yeah, it was just – yeah, the Yankees should have swept that series, and I'm sure they're going to be kicking themselves mm-hmm. for that. But the, the good news for them is that they're still right there. They're, you know, down two and a half to the Red Sox. You know, like I said, that that mm-hmm. division is still, you know, up for grabs to an AL East. So, you know, the Rays have won mm-hmm. five in a row as of this recording. The the Blue Jays were able to catch, you know, the catch up and win, win their series. So, you know, I think you can be feeling pretty good if you're a Yankees fan. You're kind of, you're right there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you should have swept the, the the Astros. Okay. But, look, you, you play the Nationals, you, you interleague play. So, you know, hopefully you can, you know, maybe mm-hmm. gain some ground there. So, look, I, I think look, to compare to where you were a couple of weeks ago, I think Yankees fans should be should be feel should feel very encouraged. 
Yeah, and, and it should be. Like you mentioned, they have uh, a weekend series against uh, the Washington Nationals. I know the Nationals and the Braves were battling out uh, earlier this week. I know the Braves won the last game of their series this past Thursday by the score 3-2. to two. That was the YouTube game of the week from uh, MLB Network, and I did get a chance to watch the entire thing. Uh, it was nice to see Mr. Cal Schwarber uh, um, uh, doing some big things uh, with the Washington Nationals. So, we'll, like I mentioned before, when we talked about the Cubs, he'll be making his uh, Wrigley Field debut in about another week or so in an opposing uniform. But uh, the NL East, uh, that's going to be very competitive, as we told you guys before the start of the season. The Mets uh, took care of business, winning that series in St. Louis. Uh, the Phillies, as you mentioned, swept the Brewers earlier this week. So, uh, uh, in the Miami Marlins, they swept the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, no one expected that. I know no one's paying attention to the Marlins. So uh, that NL East right now, um, it may not be the sexiest division in baseball, but it's very competitive. And you know, let's you know, let's give a shout out. Going back to Ailey's, let's give a shout out to John Means. No relation to, to our friend Kyle Means. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> couple, well, you know, we, people might get confused. You know, they say, oh, well, they're, they're cousins. No, 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 no. <laughs> no relation. He didn't allow a he had a, you know, a no hitter. The first no hitter for for the for the Orioles since 1969. And Jim Palmer. Mm-hmm. They threw a combined no-hitter actually in '91. Actually, the uh, the Orioles did, but this is their their first solo. You know, he didn't allow a hit. I hit. You know, it was a walk or hit by a pitch, and you know, the first time that a pitcher has thrown a non-perfect no-hitter with no walks and hit hit by pitches or errors. The only reason why it you know there, there's all that all those technicalities that you know he had a drop you know third strike. So that's why. You know, that's why yeah. it didn't really count as a, a true no-hitter. But look, if you look at his story, you know. It's just you know, amazing what everything he's been through, and and then look his wife, um, Caroline, who is a who actually is a a former athlete. Her, all right, she she played soccer. She said that look, it's all about perseverance. I'm, I'm paraphrasing her tweet, but you know you yeah. can look it up. But yeah, you know perseverance and everything. So the fact that you know, congrats to him, and look, it was a nice moment for him, his family, and for the Orioles. Yeah, congratulations to Mr. Means uh, as well as a uh, 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 encouraging uh, feat. And that's something that not too many people get to do. Of course, that's the third no-hitter in Major League Baseball this uh, this season. Of course, we saw what Carlos Rodon did here in Chicago last month against the Cleveland Indians. He should have had a perfect game. But thank you, Roberto Perez, for being a punk and not moving out the way. <laughs> but I'll leave that alone. But on this show, we're going to count four no-hitters this year. Shout-out to Madison Bumgarner. Baseball yes. is not going to give you the official credit for the no-hitter, but we will on this show. Oh, yes, so, yes. <laughs> so, Manson Baumgartner, as you guys well know, he had a seven-inning no-hitter no uh, a couple weeks ago at Atlanta uh, during that um, double-header game. And we don't need to explain anymore. So, on our show, we count as four no-hitters. So, congrats to Mad Bomb. So Yes. So, uh, baseball is looking up right now. And so, we'll – before we move on, Ken, let's take a look at, at the series that, that that is coming up this weekend. Of course, the Pirates of the Cubs, as we mentioned earlier. Of course, you had the Chicago White Sox traveling to Kansas City to take on the Royals. Boston <laughs> will travel to Baltimore to face the Orioles. Orioles, excuse me. Of course, you have Washington at the Yankees. The Diamondbacks at New York to take on the Mets. Uh, the Battle of Ohio, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Of course, Cincinnati will be without Joey Votto 
You have the Brewers at the Miami Marlins this weekend. You mentioned the Brewers' struggles. They got swept in Philadelphia earlier this week. The Minnesota Twins will go to Detroit to take on the cheating A.J. Hinch and the Detroit Tigers. Always, always well, fun when those two play each other. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to guess there will be some fireworks this weekend. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, speaking of fireworks, potentially, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies will travel to Atlanta to take on the Braves. I believe that game, that those two teams will play on Sunday night baseball, I believe, yep. coming up this weekend. Yes, so, yes, All right. And then we have the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they'll play the Texas Rangers at Globe Life Field. The Toronto Blue Jays, congratulations to them. They'll start playing their home games in Buffalo, New York, on June the 1st. But this weekend, they'll go to Houston to take on the Astros. The Colorado Rockies will play the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals should get right there. And the Bella of Southern California, the LA Dodgers, pardon mm-hmm. my Vince Scully, they'll take on the Angels. They, had, they made some news early this week. We'll share that with you in just a second. Tampa Bay will go to Oakland to take on the Athletics. And then the San Diego Padres will play the San Francisco Giants. Lakino, just to wrap up our segment with baseball, Albert Pujols was released by the Angels earlier this week. I know there are some rumors saying that him and Tony LaRusso, the current White Sox manager, are tight. Uh, the White Sox should take a look at him to bring him onto the team. I'll give you two words. Hell no. <laughs> Moving on. Because well, no, I, I saw like a lot of people were saying that, that everybody was saying, oh, you know, him and you know, him and LaRusso are still you know, close. You know, hey, why not? You know, bring him on to the White Sox. They, need, uh, they can always use more bats. I've, Look, apparently there was a lot of, you know, like the, a lot of clashes between him and Joe Madden and, you know, some of the other, you know, Angels coaches. So that's why, that's hence why he was released. Um, but I think also, too, it was a money issue, too, because he's still, he's in the last year of that monster contract that he signed a few years ago. So it's going to be very interesting to see who decides. Does he go maybe across this, across the across town and go to the Dodgers? Mm-hmm. Or may, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe the Yankees? Maybe I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are rumors that maybe he'll retire maybe by the end of the, at the end of the season. So I'm sure he's going to want to go to a contender. Maybe he goes to San Diego. Maybe he goes to um, maybe Minnesota. I heard somebody somebody said maybe Minnesota might be a good fit if he wants to stay in the in the AL. So he'll I'm sure he'll have his his picks. Mm-hmm. You won't have to pay him much because you know the Angels are going to be have to fit the bill on that you know for that last mm-hmm. year of his contract. So you won't you probably may have to only have to sign maybe a league minimum whatever that is. So. He'll have his suitors. I I have no doubt. Yeah, it should not be here in Chicago, though. I'm just going to leave it at that. You're listening to the weekend edition. Listening to to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, <laughs> along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. As we are now transition over to some football, Lakina. As we are, of course, we are broadcasting live from Chicago. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears first, followed by that other quarterback, which we'll mention in a minute. I was listening to uh, 670, the score here in Chicago, looking at early uh, Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And they played an interview. Shout out to a friend of the show, Layla Rahimi. She, hosts, she co-hosts the midday show, uh, 9 a.m. to noon, Central Standard Time. They played an interview that involved uh, Bears head coach Matt Nagy. He was on the sports radio station, I believe in Columbus, Ohio, yeah, yeah. featuring Bobby Carpenter. I don't know if he still works for ESPN or not, but he works for a sports radio station in Columbus, Ohio. And they were asking him questions about how they drafted Justin Fields. Of course, Justin Fields played at Ohio State for two years. Of course, the Bears selected him with their first round pick last week. And I kind of found it interesting when they asked him, um, 
how did, did I'm just paraphrasing here? How did it go over with Andy Dalton? Because uh, Ryan Pace uh, uh, has come out and st- uh, still defending his decision that Andy Dalton will be their starter. And one of them asked Matt Nagy, uh, how did Andy Dalton uh, take the news of Justin Fields being selected? Of course, uh, he didn't like it. Of course, again, the political correct answer. Uh, he didn't like it. He was human. You know, if you're human, you'll feel some kind of way too. But, you know, he's ready to go and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I said, it, it's going to be very interesting. And what did I tell you, Lakina, the last two episodes? If there's going to be a quarterback competition, do you trust your head coach, given what he did last year, forcing Nick, Nick Foles down our throats and, uh, and it went poof in his face before Trubisky got back in there. Do you trust your head coach? Mm-hmm. I got evidence. The answer is no. Well, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I, I was doing like some snippets of that interview and I was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit taken aback. Like, Oh, okay. What else is he going to say? Like, Hey, I, I mm-hmm. hate the fact that they drafted like one of the top guys, top quarterbacks of the draft. Oh my God. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, it's going to be Look, Let's just say training camp and mini camp, however they're going to do it. You know, they, I don't think they've set a, a set, you know, off season schedule again. The NFL hasn't, but it's going to be very interesting because I think, look, we're, we're a long ways away, but I know people are going to be saying, well, look, if Fields, if Fields plays well in preseason or in, and in camp, he should get the start. But you paid him $10 million, you know, Dalton, I mean. So, you know, you're going to think, yeah, probably going to give him the start. So, look, I, like I said, it's going to be very interesting because I think, look, Matt Nagy has his guy now. We all know Trubisky wasn't his guy. You thought maybe mm-hmm. Bulls would be the guy, but that didn't work. You, you, brought, on, you brought on Dalton, you know, pro, you know, basically, you know, informally pro- promised him that he would be the starter. <laughs> then you draft somebody, you know, now that he'll very likely, if he plays well, people are going to be lobbying for him to get the, to get the start. So this is going to be a very interesting. I'm just going to sit back and just watch the show because I, I just think that, you know, some people are probably going to be putting their, their feet in their mouths. I'm just going to sit back and just drink my, drink my beverage and just go absolutely bananas. It's just going to be very, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, same here, but it's what we told you, Bears fans, uh, on our last episode. Uh, I know you're celebrating Justin Fields as well as you should. You go, you should buy his jersey. Eventually, I will buy my version of Justin Fields' jersey. But keep this in the back of your mind, folks. When training camp starts in July at Hallis Hall, this is going to be one of the questions, one of the concerns is going to be uh, is going to pop up. If people tell you otherwise, they'll know what the hell they're talking about. Okay, and I'll leave I'll leave it at that. Mm. Now, some other quarterback issues. So let's travel. Up north to Green Bay, Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers came out and said early this week uh, the, uh, the Packers GM is, is like Jerry Krause. He, uh, allegedly, uh, this was said throughout a text chain. Of course, we all know that the news that came out on draft day reported by Adam Shepard that uh, the, uh, the Rodgers wants to split from the Green Bay Packers if he doesn't get a pay raise from what happened last year when he won MVP. Of course, I was listening to uh, 106.7, the fan in Milwaukee on Thursday, and there was a whole lot of talk about who should uh, get the blame for breaking the news. Was it all orchestrated by Rogers or was it orchestrated by Adam Shepard, i.e. ESPN? It's enough blame to go around Lakina. Until further notice, call me crazy, but I still think that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers will find some way to work this out because I don't see the Packers getting fair value for Rodgers. I don't. It's not. They're not. They're not. I mean, it's not. I don't see it. 
It's not, it's not going to happen. You're probably going to have to give up maybe two or three first rounders. I'm sure they're going to be some other future picks. You're probably going to have to give up again him. And, and look, I'm sure he's going to, you know, Rogers again, same thing. He's going to want to go to contender. So maybe some people said Denver, some people said me, maybe they, you know, if they give it a Jimmy G, maybe the 49ers, you know, he can, you know, trailers can learn under him and you know, who, who else? Um, I'm trying to think of another, another team that we need a quarterback. I mean, I heard somebody, some people say Minnesota, I, but I, I doubt the Packers are going to trade within their division. <laughs> that's not happening. They're not going to do that. That's not going to do not, that. They're not going to do that. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of like, there's really, there's really nowhere for him to go. So I think they will work it out. I'm just wondering, like, who's doing all these leagues? Is it who's doing all the snitching? Because I, I think, like, you know, one day they call the GM Jerry Krause. I mean, most I think most folks, you know, under thirty won't even know who that is unless you watch the last dance last summer. Right. <laughs> so I, 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 it's just I, I'm, I'm finally look. Wake me when something actually happens. Like when I hear you say, "Well, he doesn't want to play for him anymore," or "Packers, I'm not coming to training camp," or you know, I'm not, I'm not, "I don't want to play for the Packers anymore." I mean, look, look unless he actually does that. Just save it. I mean, I some people are yeah. not blaming his fiance after Shailene Woodley. You know, she was one of the, she's kind of the Yoko. They're calling it like the Yoko Ono for the Packers. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, let, let's, I, I wouldn't go that far, folks. But um, like unless something actually happens, wake me up when something actually happens instead of we're just hearing all this back and forth. It just turned into a soap opera in Green Bay. I guess mm-hmm. they need something to talk about up there until you know the Bucks, you know, start the start start their you know their playoffs. The NBA starts their playoffs. So I I just don't know at this point. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's be honest too. ESPN needed something to talk about as well. So I kind of blame them because let's be honest, even though the draft uh did very well in terms of viewership. Mm-hmm. We already knew who the first three picks, definitely the first two picks were going to be. Mm-hmm. And no, no one knew what the Bears were going to do in terms of Justin Fields. No one saw that coming. But is it a coincidence that that, that story broke out five hours on NFL Live before the draft coverage? Mm-hmm. And is it how ironic that Adam Schefter, I don't know if you guys heard the interview he did earlier this week on the Dan Patrick show. He was trying to explain us over how did that happen. And trust me, Adam, if you listen to that interview very closely, Adam Schefter was careful on how to uh, how he got his information. He basically sat on it. But all these insiders talk to the same people. You're not talking to anybody different, okay? And let's be honest here. If you're a reporter or an insider or any of those roles, if you bust out your source that you're not supposed to tell who you got your information from, your credibility shot in your career is over. So I find it interesting to see what ESPN did for that draft night coverage. They're not stupid. And Adam Schefter, he's trying to cover his tracks without getting busted. I don't blame him for that aspect because, like I mentioned just now, his career shot if he really told who, where he got his, where he got, where and who he got his information from. He's just not going to do that. And so I, I just find find it that. Oh, who's blaming who? Who's trying to cover their tracks? And like you say, Lakina, especially ESPN, they need something to talk about until the until the NBA playoffs start with less than two weeks. Yeah, I'm 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 over it. I I don't I yeah. I doubt I doubt them. You know, they're gonna work it out. I'm sure they're gonna maybe you know look. They 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 drafted a couple of wide receivers for him, and mm-hmm. you know let let let's hope that I'm I'm sure it's all gonna die down. I'm sure. Look, whoever you know broke the news, if you will, or who snitched or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I'm 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 over it. You know, wait, wake me when if something actually happens, which I don't think anything will. Not look we, we, yeah, look who we talked about early in this offseason, Russell Wilson. Look what happened there. Nothing. 
and also Deshaun Watson too. I mean, although you know some some stuff have come up, you know, he's still with his legal issues, but even mm-hmm. still, I mean, you know that that kind of died down. So it, I think people just, I think the NFL just needs stuff to talk about, especially now with the schedule that's going to be coming out next week. So there's going to be, you know, there's going to yeah. be leaks there too. So it's going to be, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it on Friday. But you know, this is going to be, I, I'm I'm over it. I don't. Like unless someone actually you know trades Rogers, which the Packers won't. If their GM gets fired, which he probably won't be, and also to, he's gonna stay right there where he is. Mm-hmm. I expect that too, but we shall see what happens because we are very early in this off season for the National Football League. You're listening to the reg- week to the weekend edition of Sega City Sports. I can't talk today for some reason. You're listening to uh, Sega City Sports weekend edition along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Lakina, let's wrap up this first segment by talking some basketball. We'll get to the NBA next next segment. But let's wrap up this segment by talking about the Chicago Bulls. Of course, this past Thursday, they defeated the Charlotte Hornets 120-99. to Nikolai Vujicic led Chicago with 29 points, 14 rebounds, and three dimes. Zach Levine, uh, if you guys have been living on the rock, has returned to the lineup. He scored 13 points. Uh, Kobe White uh, scored 14 points. Uh, Patrick Williams, the rookie out of Florida State, he scored 11 points and grabbed nine rebounds, including eight on the defensive end. Lakina, this is a nice win for the Bulls uh, going into next season, but as far as making that play-in tournament, it's too little too late. Yeah, it looks like the Wizards, you know, are going to get those last spots. Of course, the Wizards. Of course, you know, Russell Westbrook, we'll get to him (laughs) after the break, but uh, yeah, what he's been doing has just been just uh, nothing short of incredible, but going back to the Bulls, I mean, balanced scoring. I mean, this hopefully this is sort of like a nice sign of things we'll see next year. I mean, uh, P. Will has been playing great, you know, these last couple of games, you know, have a, he had 11 points and nine rebounds in, mm-hmm. in the game against Charlotte on Thursday. You know, of course, you know, Booch, you know, it was a little bit banged up, but he looked good, you know, 29 points and 14 boards. I mean, look, I, I think the balance scoring, you know, Kobe White continues to play well. Mm-hmm. Zach played, you know, 27 minutes and scored 13. He was very productive. Um, Garrett Temple had 12 off the bench. So, like there was some, mm-hmm. you know, it was some nice, nice balanced scoring, and I, I think look, this hopefully this will be a nice sign of what we'll see next season. Some of you actually got what y'all wanted. They're not going to make the play-in game, okay? You know, <laughs> there. You know all you knuckleheads that didn't want to come in, you know, the the, the tank watch. Yes, I'm talking to you, Matt Peck. Um, shout out, shout out, to, shout out to him, Dave Watson, uh, John Sabine for the uh, the bull, the Bulls, um, Bulls outcast on, on hot mic. We got another shout for the, we got another shout out for them during that their that game. So. Uh, Thank you guys, as always. But uh, back to it. I mean, look, you know, Tice had 12, and you know, hopefully we, we can keep him. Please, 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 please. You know, I think he would be a great asset for the Bulls. And and look, I, I think look, this is look. If we can see this kind of effort next season, maybe we can get somebody. You know, somebody big to come out know, come out for free agency, or maybe if we get that top four protected pick from Orlando. Maybe we can get one of the top guys there, Suggs, Cunningham, you know, guys like that. I, I mean, look, I, look, if, look, it's going to be tough for the Bulls to get in. I mean, the, 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 the chances, I think, was like 7% mm-hmm. as of this recording. So they probably – so they won't make the, the play turn. But if you can finish strong, look, mm-hmm. I know some folks were probably hoping that maybe, you know, they could get top four seed. But I think we saw that they don't have that talent yet. So mm-hmm. – and, you know, AK Eversley are not done. So – I'm going to trust them. Again, we'll talk about it when, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But, I 
look, I think this is a nice this is a nice sign for the Bulls. I think. <laughs> the two things that pop out to me from the um, from the game on Thursday, reading the box score uh, against uh, the victory against the Charlotte Hornets, Denzel Valentine, two minutes, three points. Mm-hmm. Laurie Marketing, hopefully he's playing his last games as a Chicago Bull. Twenty-one minutes off the bench, nice stats, but ten points. That's hopefully all you need to know. Both, yeah, hopefully both. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully both of them will be. Yeah, I think it's safe that both of them will be gone by the time you know by you know the end of you know the couple of weeks from now on on Sunday after that game against Milwaukee. So I, I mean, like I said before, I mean let's just get ready for the off season if you're a Bulls fan and just see what see what moves can you know it can Eversley make. Yeah, taking a look at the Bulls schedule as they wrap up the regular season, of course. Uh, as of this recording, the Bulls hosted fans for the first time this season at the United Center facing the Boston Celtics. It was uh, ESPN uh, broadcasted that game uh, nationally. Of course, locally, it was broadcasted here on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, here locally on NBC Sports Chicago, we'll give you our thoughts about the uh, the pomp and circumstance uh, surrounding uh, this uh, big event on our next episode for Tuesday. Uh, as far as the rest of the schedule for the Chicago Bulls here, uh, they face Detroit tomorrow night at Detroit at 7 o'clock Chicago time. Of course, this upcoming Tuesday, they'll host the Brooklyn Nets in front of fans at the UC. That's at 7 p.m. And then they wrap up of the week uh, next Thursday against the Toronto Raptors at 7 p.m. Of course, next Saturday, they're at Brooklyn. And then next Sunday, as Lakina mentioned, they'll – uh, wrap up the season hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm sure they'll be sending some guys then, but I'm sure they'll uh, the results. So, so that game won't matter, <laughs> especially yeah. for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> yeah, that that's good. It's gonna be like I said. It's gonna be interesting how they finish. I mean, I know some people would rather have them tank, lose all the rest of the games, and just get get more ping pong balls. I'm like, okay, that's just that's just you guys are just. In- a little crazy, but yeah, like I said, I mean, if you can finish strong, you know, at least, you know, put up a fight these last few games, I mean, you can kind of like, you know, show a little bit of, you know, fight and then a little bit of that, you know, that, that mm-hmm. fight that we've seen, you know, through most of the season. And look, hopefully this is, good, this is a good sign for things to come. Yep. Hopefully it will be a sign of good things to come from the men in red. Our, uh, should say segment number one is in the books. Segment number two is around the corner. We got to get into the rest of the NBA Lakina, the best and worst uh, from this past week. We'll preview these uh, key games for this weekend as the regular season winds down. We have some news from the sports media world regarding the NBA and the NHL. And we finally got some good news here in the state of Illinois. And we'll go through that. And yours truly was pumped as we heard and read the news this past Thursday. And also there's some potential good news in New York City, question mark, dot, 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 dot. We'll get into it and a whole lot more. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We'll see and hear you on the other side. Welcome back to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG, and he's Social media streets, <laughs> as the kids would say, at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. 
You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. Every, uh, new episodes drop every Monday, every Friday, right here on YouTube. Once again, every Monday and Friday, right here for the visual purposes only, right here at War Media on YouTube. That's W-A-R-R Media. You catch our podcast version of this program every Tuesday and every Saturday at War or Anchor. Once again, the audio version every Tuesday and every Saturday at War on Anchor. We're skipping over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor, and then access all of our wonderful shows from your good folks here at War Media. You can go to our website, W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com for more information. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Lakina, let's get into the best and worst of the NBA as we continue to talk basketball now on the national level. I will start off. Let's go. Let's start as we always do. Let's start with Thursday and then go backwards. <laughs> the two games that were on national television. Lakina, uh, Dallas looked good as they try to stay out of that play-in tournament. They defeated the Brooklyn Nets by the score of 113-109. to Kyrie Irving had a game-high 45 points. Luka Doncic led Dallas with 24. The second game, a little bit more controversy. Yeah. Even though the Clippers blew out the Lakers 118-94, to Anthony Davis had a bad shooting game. He injured his ankle in the first quarter, crashing into the uh, scores table. But then he left the game with back spasms. Yep. And he said after the game that he was hopeful to uh, uh, play this weekend as, as the Lakers are trying to avoid the play-in tournament themselves because they're dealing with a whole lot of injuries right now. LeBron James is going to miss the games this weekend. Hopefully Anthony Davis doesn't. Hopefully he's okay. But if you're the Lakers, as we said before, it's going to be a tough climb to try to repeat as champions. I think this is a, a, a mountain that I don't think they, they can overcome. But then again, you never know. But looking at it right now, I just don't see it as far as uh, being a championship team. Well, and I think it's also, and I think they saw it, they said on the broadcast on Thursday that it could be because they really didn't have an offseason the Lakers did. You know, they, they won the championship in the bubble, then they had to come right back right back a month later to to um, start training camp for the, this upcoming season. So you got to think that maybe that played a little bit of a part. But at the same time, though, that can't be an excuse because there's supposed to be a lot of depth in your roster, and that depth hasn't been playing. You know, yes, Andre Drummond, you know, has, you know, done what, you know, he needs to do, but he just got there, but you know he's supposed to kind of help hold down the fort. But he, you know, he's doing all he can do so much. You know, Kuz has been inconsistent. Montrez Harold, you know, has 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 had trouble. You know, contributing. Marcus All's not contributing very much. So the supporting cast of the Lakers is definitely what's doing this team in. And unfortunately, I think they may be primed for a first round exit or early if they end up doing the play in. They could they could lose the play in. So. I, I don't know. I mean, we got about two weeks left in the season, but uh, again, in the regular season, I should say, and again, you know, they're, they have the tie break against the, 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 the Durablitters for right now. They play on Friday. We'll yeah. talk about that game on Monday, but, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't look good for the Lakers at this point. It doesn't. As we said before, Lakina, who's going to step in and step up uh, with the absence of your superstars? This is Kyle Kuzma's time. This is Dennis Schroeder's time. I know he's currently out due to safety protocols, but 
all the other players on their roster. You mentioned Andre Drummond and and some of the uh, other guys, Alex Caruso. Um, this is the time to step in and show show us what you made up because come playoff time, those guys are going to be needed now more than ever because your superstars won't be totally healthy once that bell rings for the playoffs. Well, and I think that's going to be sort of the thing that – and I think that in the end, I think that's going to be the thing. Like, you know, can those, you know, the supporting cast of Lakers step up in the playoffs? Because it's definitely safe to say that both AD and LeBron will not be 100%. So we kind of have to like, okay, you know, let, let's see what this supporting cast for the Lakers can do. It's, it's, a, it's an uphill battle, no doubt, but uh, look, I'm, look, we've seen stranger things happen in the NBA playoffs, so we'll see what they can do. Yes, we'll see what they could do. You mentioned Russell Westbrook, Lakina, in our last segment. I did watch the majority of this game via my television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Wizards defeated the Raptors on Thursday, 131 to 129. They moved the Wizards, that is, towards the uh, participating in the play-in tournament. Russell Westbrook, once again, with another triple-double with 13 points, 17 rebounds, and 17 assists. I'll ask this question, Lakina, to you. I know it's, it's tiresome, but we'll do it on this program. Do you think that Russell Westbrook is a championship player or a selfish player? Given his numbers, he's going to average a triple-double, I believe, for the fourth straight season. He won the MVP was with the OKC Thunder back in 2017, become the first player that says Oscar Robertson to average a triple-double for an entire season. Also the first NBA player in history to record 50 rebounds and 50 assists over a three-game span. So, I mean, it, can you be both? Can you be sort of a supporting player but also be a selfish player? I know some people say that, yes, the stats, the stats make him feel selfish, but his team is mm-hmm. winning. If you know, he was doing all this to kind of just pad his stats and his team's been losing, you know, then I could probably say, okay, you may have some of those folks who are saying that may have a point, but you know, his you know, his team's winning and some of mm-hmm. it's because of him. So they're in the they're right now in the you know, right in the cusp of getting into the play and can and could probably very well. I mean, as this recording, you know, they'll be playing Miami. I don't think that would make our buddy Alana Tech are very happy <laughs> as of, as of right now. But you know, there's, there's, it could still change, you know, in the next next couple of weeks. They're only they're only a half game behind Indiana, so we'll see what happens there. But but look, I think it could, it could be both. I think, look, I said it before, you know, they should have kept that, that, you know, that big three together at OKC with him, Durant, and Harden. So I, I think they kind of could have won a championship. I think they broke, they broke that, that threesome up too early. Mm-hmm. That was that Arizona magic. Yeah. So um, I, look, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it could be both. I mean, look, if, if you're producing and you're not winning, your team's not winning, then you look selfish. But since, you know, you're producing, but yet your team's winning, hey, you look pretty good. So, look, put a statue over Russell Westbrook. But you should be getting his props for what he's been doing. couple other results from this past Thursday's uh, contest. Uh, the Pacers, as you mentioned, Lakina got a big win over the Atlanta Hawks, 133-126. to Karis Levers continues to shine for the Pacers. He scored a game High 31 points, Trey Young, who's looking better and better for the Hawks under uh, interim head coach Nick McMillan. He scored 30 points and dished out 10 assists. The Golden State Warriors keeping their playoff hopes alive in the West. They got a big win over the OKC Thunder, 118-97. to Steph Curry going off again with 34 points and seven rebounds. Are we going to uh, finally stop this talk of Steph Curry? This is nothing personal from yours truly, but – even though he's having a heck of a season, we kind of expected this because the Warriors are obviously not as good as they were a, a few years ago. But can we stop this talk that he should be a serious consideration for MVP? Yeah, I just think it's Because it seems of, work is not that great. 
Yeah, it was, and we all expected it. Yeah, it, this is kind of silly at this point. I mean, look, look, okay, you give him his props for what he's done. I mean, he has 35, 30-point mm -hmm. games, like you said, Sid, in his 12th season. You know, the only players to do that in their 12th season or later, MJ and Kobe. So he's you know already you know joined pretty exclusive company there. I mean, look, should he get some, yeah, so look, since we're throwing out props, of course, you know, props to him for doing what he's doing at 33. But like you said, Sid, they're kind of they're they're eighth place. They're in eighth in the playoffs. If they were like in the top six, mm -hmm. then we can then you can probably say, okay, maybe he has a chance. He has a chance of perhaps maybe making things interesting for the MVP uh, MVP talk. They're not. So look, let's let's give him his props for what he's been doing. You know, with you know Clay tops now and and such. But you know, let's not do the MVP talk. I mean, I want to get to the MVP talk in a little bit, Sid, because I just mm -hmm. think that at, at this point, I mean, everybody's sort of like kind of like fighting to see, like, okay, who's the top guy? Who's not? It's just it's just crazy. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get yes, into it. Yeah. So, but I, I think I don't think Steph, Steph's kind of like in like the second tier for me when it comes to M, to MVP. I think. I don't know how you feel. I don't know how you feel, but that's just my that's just my two cents. That's just sort of my tangent here. Uh, can we uh, throw uh, some dirt on the Memphis Grizzlies? I like John Moran a lot, but as far as them making the playing tournament for the second consecutive season, can we throw some dirt on them? They barely beat Minnesota by four on Wednesday, yeah. but they had a big loss at Detroit. That's I cannot see loss. this team recover. Yeah, I, I cannot see this team recovering from this. Maybe I'm speaking prematurely. I don't think so personally, but can we throw some dirt on them for this season? Yeah, they'll, 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 they'll probably get in the playing game, but the, that was a terrible loss by them, and I'm sure they're going to be kicking themselves that they let you know you, you let Detroit one the who's the worst team the one of the worst teams or at least in the Eastern Conference <laughs> anyway beat you. Yeah, you don't deserve you deserve to be in the play in. So they'll they'll make the play in, but yeah, as far as being the top six, they won't get there. But that was just a terrible loss by Memphis, and that that that's one of those losses where you're going to be kicking yourselves, no doubt. Speaking of the Western Conference, uh, the different Nuggets, um, uh, they're 44 and, and 22 as of this recording. They had a big win at home against the Knicks this past Wednesday, 113 to 97. Nikolai Jokic, who should be a, a the front runner for MVP. Scored a game high, 32 points, grabbed six rebounds, a dish out six assists. Lakina, I know I, uh, I've been, I'm not going to say critical of the Knicks. I've been realistic of the New York Knicks. Shouts out to head coach Tom Thibodeau. Shout out to our guy Derek Rose. Uh, they're not as good as people think they are, but they're taking advantage of a bad bottom half of the Easter Conference. They shouldn't apologize for that, but they had a bad loss on Wednesday. I'll still give them props. And uh, uh, if you're Miami or maybe even Milwaukee, if they should slip any further, which I doubt. But if you're Boston or Miami for sure, you don't want to face this Knicks team in the first round of the playoffs. It's all going to depend on where they get that deal. Where they end up playing. They're going to be in there. That they're well in the top floor, so I doubt they're going to fall. Let's say, you know, totally – you know, fall off. You know, I know they lost their last game, but unless they totally fall off, they'll probably get that four or five seed. They'll play whoever comes out of the play-in. I mean, look, look, they, they've, they secured their first winning season to like, I think what, 2010 was the last time they had a mm -hmm. winning season. So, I, I mean, look, you give them props, you know, Julius Randle, what he's done, D Rose, you know, I'm just looking at this as sort of like the logic that, look, we've seen this before with Tibbs teams. They have a great first mm -hmm year or two and then everybody you know someone's knee you know, blows out or someone's ankle you know blows out from all the minutes they've been playing mm -hmm. that's just my but that's just my thing i'm not going to change i'm not going to change from that from that <laughs> sense but 
I mean, look, I mean, look, I, I, I'll, I'll see what they can do when the, when the top tier, if they end up playing like the uh, Sixers team or a Nets team at full strength or a Bucks team, I want to see them play those teams. Or if they end up playing like, you know, Boston or whoever, but, you know, they're just taking advantage of those bottom tier teams. I don't know who the Knicks are at this point. <laughs> and speaking of a team that I, that I know they're going to perform poorly in the playoffs very well, that's the Milwaukee Bucks, but, We'll give them their due on this show as far as what they did this week. They won both their home games against Brooklyn on Tuesday in front of a national audience. And then, of course, they beat the Warriors by one on Wednesday. I know Giannis is back in the lineup. He's playing well. But as I said before, Milwaukee's toughness will be tested come playoff time. Oh, yeah. Look, I know, like, everybody, you know, everyone want to say, well, look, look what Giannis is doing. Look what the Bucks are doing. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But look, let's, let's see him do it in the playoffs. I mean, that's sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, that's sort of kind of like, excuse me, so like the tried and true, right? That's, I want to see what this yeah. Bucks team can do. I mean, we see them lose against bottom tier, you know, some bottom tier teams. So I, I, I think, you know, look, I think, look, they give them props for what they're doing right now. You know, being a three seed, they'll probably, that's probably what they'll end up being. They could probably give me a two seed, you know, get even higher than that. So, but again, let's see them do it in the playoffs. That's sort of like been my thing with with the Bucks, and it's been that way, and it's not going to change. So, we'll change from the best and week that was in the National Basketball Association to previewing this week's weekend's key games coming up. As far as uh, action for Saturday, if you listen to us on our podcast, it's today. So mm-hmm. let's run down tonight's schedule. In the National Basketball Association, Lakina, uh, starting at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, NBA TV, they have a doubleheader. Their first game is the Washington Wizards facing off against the Indiana Pacers. Both teams trying to keep their uh, playoff hopes alive for participating in the tournament. And if you're the Bulls, you're watching that game very carefully because there's only like a half a game between both the Wizards and the Pacers at this recording. So if the Pacers lose... You know, they can you the Bulls can somehow sneak in there. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure that you know Bulls fans are gonna be looking at this. Who want them to make the playoffs? I should I should add that. You know, we'll be looking at this game very closely. <laughs> and then to wrap up the NBA TV doubleheader at nine o'clock tonight, we'll have the Brooklyn Nets versus the Denver Nuggets. Assuming everybody's healthy for Brooklyn, or at least two thirds of that superstar mm-hmm. roster is healthy. I'm definitely looking forward to this game. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I mean, you could probably say, could this be a finals preview? It's too early to, to go that far, but it should be an entertaining, mm-hmm. irritating game nonetheless on NBA TV, so I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, Memphis and Toronto is another, you know, both teams are going are fighting to kind of keep themselves alive for their respective playing games. Also, San Antonio and Portland at 9 o'clock, too, so. Mm-hmm. Those sneaky spurs, man. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, and Portland needs this to sort of stay, you know, to get into that top five so they don't have to be in the play-in. So, and they'll be coming off that, you know, that game against the Lakers. So, we'll win or lose, we'll see how they look. Mm-hmm. Let's check out Sunday's action, which is tomorrow, for those of you listening on our podcast. Uh, uh, ESPN will have a doubleheader starting at high noon mm-hmm. with the Miami Heat traveling to Boston to take on the Celtics, followed by... Uh, you cannot make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. At 2.30, the New York Knicks travel to Los Angeles to face the L.A. Clippers. 
Uh, that that's just that's it's always <laughs> look, that that's just look. It's always interesting when those two play together. I mean, it'll be could again. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll see. Let's see how the Knicks really do. I mean, this is the you know the Clippers. You know, they've been kind of been sort of quietly. You know, getting up there. Which look, if you're like I like I've been saying, if you're Tyron Lewis, that's what you want. You want to kind of do it very quietly. So yeah. let's see how they measure. Let's see how the Knicks measure up against one of the top teams in the West. Okay, and then on Sunday night, the NBA TV has a doubleheader for you at 6 o'clock Chicago time. It's the New Orleans Pelicans against the Charlotte Hornets from Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Zion Williamson versus Miles Bridges and ter- Scary Terry Rozier. That mm-hmm. should be a fun one. And then at 9 o'clock, it's the Phoenix Suns traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. And we, I think it's for certain that LeBron James will not be playing. So hopefully this is the last game LeBron James will miss before uh, going, uh, hopefully being restarted back into the lineup as the regular season winds down. What's the – yeah, we will will these two teams meet in the playoffs? I think that's going to be the thing. <laughs> and uh, look, the Suns still have a lot to play for. They're trying to get that number one seed in the West. So definitely a lot at stake here <laughs> in that game. And let's go to Monday's matchup. You've got the first game for – NBA TV, their doubleheader. You got Washington and Atlanta. Both teams are, you know, both teams are kind of fighting for their jockeying for their position in the playoff picture. So that should be a fun one at six thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trey Young versus Russell Westbrook. Who's gonna come out on top in terms of scoring? <laughs> uh, New Orleans and Memphis. You know, that's gonna be a very interesting game too. Mm-hmm. Memphis trying to keep themselves in that that playing game out west. You know, New Orleans. You know, probably won't make the play-in game, but I'm sure they would love to play spoiler. Milwaukee and San Antonio at 7.30. That should be an interesting one there, you know, down in Texas. Mm-hmm. And then at 9 o'clock on NBA TV to wrap up their doubleheader schedule is the Utah Jazz, hopefully with Donovan Mitchell. They'll travel to Golden State to take on the Warriors. Yeah, that'll be very interesting, I think, because it's, it's, it's always – like you said, hopefully Mitchell should be back by then. That's sort of like the you know, the early report. So, and Utah, they're going to need him. They want to try to clinch that number one seed. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Steph's going to try to keep, you know, the Warriors in that play-in. I'm sure but that will be a very interesting matchup for sure. Yep. Let's uh, wrap it up by give you some of the key games for this coming Tuesday. In the first game of the TNT doubleheader, you'll have the Miami Heat uh, wrapping up their two games weekend series at Boston against the Celtics. Ah, that should be a fun one. Um, then you got LA, the Clippers, you know, started off their road trip against Toronto. That should be a fun one. Of course, Brooklyn and Chicago at seven o'clock. And that's going to get ugly. Yeah. <laughs> may, maybe you know, even whoever is a playing. Um, also to Philadelphia. I, I feel sorry for the fans that had to go to that game. Yeah. I'm glad they're in the stands, but uh, if you're cheering for the Bulls, it, it could get ugly. Unless Steve Nash decides to set out his old starting five. <laughs> uh, Philly, Indiana, that's always fun. Indiana trying to stay in that playoff hunt. And uh, Dallas and Memphis, again, both teams are trying to keep their positions intact in the West in the playoff picture. And at 9 o'clock on TNT, their doubleheader game, their second game of the doubleheader, will feature the New York Knicks. Uh, facing off against the Los Angeles Lakers from Staples Center, we assume that LeBron James will return to the lineup. Hopefully, hopefully that's the case because the Lakers' schedule down the stretch is not that pretty as they try to avoid the playing tournament. 
Yeah, it's definitely brutal. So we'll see what they can do. We'll see what they can do. And that is your NBA talk for this weekend. This was Second City Sports along with Sydney Brown. I am Lakina McGee. Now, Sid, now we've got, you know, we've got a lot of sort of like non-sports, you know, to, to cover these, you know, these next few minutes. Um, We got some sports media news and, well, some stuff about the crowds. Now, I'll let Sid take this one so you can explain it a lot better than I can. Uh, let's go with the story about the crowds. Of course, here in the state of Illinois, uh, things uh, starting to open back up slowly. Of course, Governor J.B. Prisker announced this past Thursday that that we as a state of Illinois are moving to uh, the bridge phase, out of stage four into this bridge phase uh, for the next four weeks or so, which means that uh, uh, there are more uh Capacities uh, in restaurants and in amusement parks can uh, increase a little bit more, uh, around 50 to 60 percent. But I want to focus in more on our sporting events because you turn to us to listen and 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 us talk about sports. I'm reading here from the official website coronavirus.illinois.gov/backslash/bridge-phase, and it says here. Spectator events ticketed and seated 60, yes, 60% capacity. Of course, uh, um, entering the bridge phase here in the state of Illinois will take place next Friday, May 14th, and it should last until June 11th when it should be the target date for the state of Illinois to uh, reopen fully. Of course, the numbers of coronavirus cases will have to go down. It's going down already, especially with our seniors uh, uh, many of them have at least run one dose of the vaccine. Of course, you can uh, go get your vaccine for free any and everywhere now in, with these free clinics or your doctor or at these pharmacies. So it's available for everybody to get. I don't, I don't believe it's available yet for people under 16 yet. Uh, if, you, if, if it is, correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that as far next as the week. vaccine. Next week, next, next week, supposed okay. to be available for people under 16, so hopefully... Okay, Cause I know, yeah, because I know right now, people um, age 16 and older, you can go get your um, vaccination for the coronavirus. And that's key, uh, and that's key to get, to get mm -hmm. the kids, you know, back in school, so I think that's, I yeah. think parents are probably going to be, you know... You knew this was like, coming. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so I felt some joy uh, yesterday, Lakina. As I read out, let me read it one more time for those of you that are not sure. <laughs> uh, during the bridge phase of Illinois, which starts next Friday, the 14th of May, uh, for spectator events ticketed and seated, uh, it uh, these stadiums, including Wrigley Field here in Chicago and Comiskey Park. That's right, I said it. I ain't calling it a corporate name. Sox Park can go to 60% capacity. I know the Cubs have been doing this too. But I know the Sox for sure. Every home stand, they had to sell uh, the the amount, the limited amount of tickets because right now, both Sox Park and in Wrigley Field are at 20% capacity. And uh, with next week, with the Sox being at home, I know many of those tickets are were already sold, and so, and that's when um, this bridge face is supposed to get, begin here in the state of Illinois. I know the White Sox home next home stand will um, start around Memorial Day weekend. I'll pull it up here in just a second. And that, that's the case, which we're supposed to be uh, entering this bridge phase. Uh, more fans are should be allowed to attend uh, these games, Lakina, especially for the north side and the south side. And, you know, I've been 
I've been on both your governor and your mayor about, you know, opening things up. And it looks like we, uh, we finally started to turn the corner. Of course, uh, looking at the schedule for the White Sox for uh, their home portion, of course, uh, Minnesota will come in here uh, this coming Tuesday through Thursday for a three-game series. Of course, Kansas City is here next weekend, Friday through Sunday. Of course, as I mentioned before, the bridge face for Illinois is supposed to get begin next Friday as um, uh, restrictions are supposed to loosen up just a, a little bit. But the White Sox next homestand is Monday, May 24th, with a three-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Then, of course, a four-game series against Baltimore, Thursday, May 27th through Sunday, May 30th. If that's the case that our uh, restrictions are supposed to loosen up, they better honor what they say and give Sox Park and Wrigley Field at least no less than 50% capacity. It says 60, but if you allow between 50 and 60, I'm good, which means that everybody that wants to attend the ball game, including yours truly, is ready to go, and so we can get back to some normalcy. Well, look, like I said before, I think slow and steady. I think this is sort of the best way to approach this. And I, I know, look, I've, we've been saying this for months, if not weeks, weeks or not months, if I should, I should say that, look, I, I know folks are saying that Illinois, especially in Chicago, are being too conservative. They're, they're just you know, taking a slow time. Look, I would rather be Illinois and here in Chicago than be like Texas or Florida where it's still a cesspool for COVID. Yeah, I said it. So... But, <laughs> like the approach that Governor Pritzker has been doing and look it has been perfect look even he admits it has been perfect but this has been the best you know this is sort of the best approach and I and I and I, I commend him and you know the, the mayor you know Mayor Lightfoot for doing that too so I, ha- I have our issues more with her but like I said I'll say that for another podcast I'm not saying other issues like I said we're not a political show we're not gonna go there but in terms of her handling this with the restaurant owners but and all that but I'm not going to say it's all behind, but uh, like I said, it looks like we finally started to turn the corner. Well, and that, that's a good thing, right? That's what look. That's mm-hmm. what you want. Look, I know folks are getting restless. I know folks, you know, the weather's getting warmer. People want to go outside and, yes. you know, have parties and go to games and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But look, I'm willing to wait because, look, I'm going to wear my mask because I don't trust some of you. Sorry, but I don't. <laughs> and, and, and look, I, look, I've said it before. I mean, look, if people want to... If people look, if people look, if people want to go to the games and stuff like that, that's fine. But look, just be safe about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I'm sure many of the uh, of these teams will still have mask re- requirements, so people should still should wear their masks. I know I'll be doing it once I I, I uh, uh, attend these games. So, as we talked about before, it's all about being being safe, not just for yourself, but the uh, the person next to you. So like like we said before, it's all about safety. It's not that it's not like the safety protocols are going to go away anytime soon. It's not, especially now that capacity will start to increase. So we have to be mindful of that, like you said, like we don't want to drop the ball, unlike other states. So I just want to go to a damn ball game because this is the time that folks like us that do what we do. We like going to live events. It's nothing like it. I know we focus sports on, on this show, but you want to go to concerts. You want to go, go to Broadway plays. I know Broadway, we'll get to the rest of New York City in just a minute, but I know Broadway is supposed to open back up in the fall uh, full-time because, you know, they do their stuff indoors. But we want to go to plays. We want to travel, and we want to do other things. Like you said, the weather's getting warmer, so 
this is all part of our getting back to normal daily lives. And so, like you said, we still have to be uh, cautious, be careful, but I think we can do both. We've been doing it so far. You know, things haven't opened up yet, but things are starting to open up slowly. So we just have to be responsible, like you said. And also be patient, too. And I know some folks are, like I said, I know some folks are getting restless. I know folks are, you know, getting like, you know, very antsy. You know, they feel like they're like, I'm one of them. Yeah, I know. I know you are. But look, I'm, I'm willing to, look, I'm willing to wait another month, month and a half. I mean, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Look, I know folks are, you know, look, after a year or over a year in some cases, I think people feel like they just want to breathe and want to get out. But uh, look, I, I think that, look, there's still a lot of folks that you can't trust in some of these instances. So I'm willing to wait the next, you know, another month and a half, month, month and a half for to say that, hey, you know, and then, but then also too, you've got the, the you know, in New York, they're going to do is some of these cases are going to say that we're going to have a vaccinated section and a non-vaccinated section. The non-vaccinated mm-hmm. section have to wear a mask and the people who are vaccinated don't have to wear a mask. So it, it is, it, it's just like, you're going to get very confused. I think we're not going to do it here in Chicago. I think I heard like, I think I, both the, both Governor Prisker already said that he's not going to, he's not going to mandate that. So that's, thank goodness. That's not going to, thankfully that's not because I think you're just asking for trouble. There mm-hmm. because I, I think that you're gonna you have people lie and say that they got vaccinated. I'm sure they're gonna ask for like doctor's notes and cards. That could be those things could be fake too at times. So mm-hmm. I think we don't endorse it, but you know some of y'all like you said gonna you, try it. Yeah, I'll say some of y'all gonna try it. So I don't know mm-hmm. how you're gonna be able to how folks are gonna be able to verify, especially the security guards. Are you gonna see that? Look, you can you can buy fake ones. I'm sure. So we do not endorse that. <laughs> no, we're not, but, but, but you know how okay. some people are, Sid. You know, people are like you. Yeah. want to get back in the, you know, going to, you know, games, going to theater and restaurants and such. Thankfully, you know, in the restaurants and, you know, department stores, shopping, they're still going to have limited, you know, capacity. You still mm-hmm. have to wear masks, which is good because I think, look, you're still going to have people that are not going to be getting vaccinated. And they have, and they, look, they got every right. They have their reasons, but... Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I think, look, slow and steady. We're almost there, folks. You know, if we can get get more and more folks vaccinated, so we can get to herbal immunity and we can get back to normal, or the very yeah, normal as we can get. Yeah, and if everything goes well here in the here in the state of Illinois, as we enter uh, the bridge phase next Friday, May fourteenth, if everything goes well, which I am cautiously optimistic that it will, then the 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 state of Illinois should reopen fully on June the eleventh. So that's the uh, timeline that's the plan right now i know chicago mayor miss Lori lightfoot said that she's trying to have the city open back up fully by the july 4th holiday yeah which i, I think hope that happens or sooner yeah i think that's because that you know probably- the all the show is i don't mean to cut you off but the the all the show is supposed to be at the mccormick place uh in the middle of july uh, of course you go by the sports calendar i think the dates are around the all-star break mm-hmm. like the 15th the 16th something around in there of course uh I don't know, some reforming of Taste of Chicago is supposed to be uh, happening this year. I know there's some concerts, including that Wrigley Field is going to happen starting, I believe, next month into July. And so you still, you having some events come back steady and slowly. So as I said before, we have to be careful. You know, you, you have to uh, take care of yourself. And we have to get back to normal. We could do two things at once, folks. You know, just be responsible. Just do not cap- be reckless. I just put a, I just put a capper on this. I mean, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see. I know, I know that I think I saw the NFL say that they're going to give away um, 50 free Super Bowl tickets to people who are vaccinated for next year's Super Bowl um, over in Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think like some other, the concerts you're talking about, I think some of them, 
they're going to require, I guess, a vax, you know, to be for folks to be vaccinated by the time those concerts start, because I guess they're only limiting so many people. I think they're only going to be about 60, 50, 60 percent capacity. And I think mm -hmm. in some in a lot of those festivals and the taste of Chicago, I guess they think they're only limiting to those folks too. So I, it, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be very interesting mm -hmm. to see how folks are going to do this because, you know, I know it's going to be a mess. Like I said before, as I read out the schedule to you guys, as far uh, involving the Chicago White Sox, of course, their next home stand, which is May 24th, uh, hopefully the capacity will be increased between 50 and 60 percent by then. I just want to go to a ball game, enjoy myself, like many of you, uh, many of you Cubs fans as well that want to uh, uh, attend the ball games up there on the north side as well. Just uh, increase capacity, doing its bridge face, like you said it was, like I just read out to you all. And we'll protect ourselves as far as being responsible, wearing your mask and things along that line. Just give us a fair opportunity to go to these ball games, and we'll all be good. Yeah, absolutely. This is Second City Sports with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakita McGee. We got a few minutes left, Sid, so let's go to some sports media news. Mm. It's sort of like a, the thing in part of the podcast that we do is about this time. Um, we'll start in the NBA. Um, some interesting things came out of Andrew Marshall does a great job with sports media. There are a lot of great, great <laughs> sports media reports people out there, but you know he's one of them. He works for the New York Post. He came up with an article a couple of days ago that Chris Webber may not be asked to come back for their NBA and TNT coverage, and also Marv Albert might be retiring for the NBA and TNT coverage. So, Sid, uh, which one do you want to comment on first? Uh, Chris Webber. I know Tony Gill, our guy of NBC Sports Chicago, he hates Chris Webber as a broadcaster. We'll bring him on here at some point and let him give his answer, uh, reason why himself. But he's okay as a broadcaster. He's not the worst that I've heard. So I've heard much worse from, quote-unquote, more experienced people. I'll end it at that. But I, I read that article, too, that he wasn't happy that he wasn't included in this year's March Madness uh, coverage from CBS and Turner. So that might be a reason why he might not be get asked back either. But uh, we, we see this at, uh, at times, looking in our industry. You know, change comes when you, when you least expect it. You know, management has their own ideas. Of course, other people have their own ideas in – Sometimes these things happen. Of course, now, as you mentioned, Marvel Album may be retiring after this year's uh, Easter Conference Finals, which Turner is the exclusive home to this year. So, uh, you know, if that happens, could Kevin Harlan move into that number one spot at TNT? Because he's currently the number two guy. Could Iron Eagle, who's also the lead uh, TV announcer for the Brooklyn Nets, he does a great job with Sarah Kustak, could he be the number one guy at TNT? So, Turner has some options moving forward. And Brian Anderson could also be another option, too. So they have a lot of depth Yeah, who's there. the announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers yes. on the TV side. Yes, for, for baseball. So, yeah, so yeah, they have a lot of options over there at Turner. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in there. Now let's go to the links for a second, and let's do that hockey, as, uh, as Chance the Rapper would say, this time on the TV front. <laughs> You know, Turner has announced their who's going to be their league announcing team for their NHL coverage. It is Kenny Alberts and mm. our one of our favorites, Eddie Olchek. Well, of course, Kenny Alberts is one of my favorites. But you know, they um, Turner, Turner announced mm. earlier this week that Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek will be the their lead announcing team for their NHL coverage starting this fall. 
Yeah, and they'll close out the coverage for NBC as NBC says goodbye to the NHL this coming summer after the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, it was a no-brainer here for Turner. Uh, I just want to see their their second crew and possibly their third crew because they'll be airing more more games uh, starting in the fall in conjunction with ESPN. So uh, this was a no-brainer here. Congratulations to those two. They both deserve it. They actually sound great together. And Turner, Turner will be fine. Now, over on the flip side on ESPN, as I said all along, you know, John Butchergross, who did the hockey coverage for ESPN uh, many moons ago, and you know he's been itching to talk some hockey back on that network outside of Sports Center. So, as I said before, their number one crew should be John Butchergross and Kevin Weeks if they can get him from the NHL network. And uh, I read also read an article, too. They're talking uh, to Rand Grace to see if they can bring him over to ESPN for their coverage at some capacity. Also, I know he does. he's still the voice of Monday Night Football, and he did some college football the last couple of years. But Steve Levy, he needs to get back on hockey as well because he did it the first time around before uh, ESPN cut ties with the NHL back in 2004. Also, John Davidson, who's no longer the GM over with the Rangers, you know, what a mess, the mess they've been in, <laughs> they've, had, they've had this week. Um, <laughs> We won't and let me, let me, before, you be, before you continue, Lakina, uh-huh. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Tom Wilson is an idiot. The, the Washington Capitals, <laughs> you're talking about that, that fight. He slammed, the, he slammed the New York Rangers play. I forgot his name. Uh, face, head first on the ice. That is just stupid. And don't forever remember. And then they had to fight the next yeah, game. Like, uh, yeah, eight the seconds opening, like, like the five or six fights going on. You, know, you, you love it when those, those things really happen in the NHL, but you, you, you appreciate it so much. I mean, my it mom, looks worse than the Handsome Brothers movie. What's that movie? I know people are going to kill me for it. Um, yeah, yeah, come on uh, now. Back in the 70s. I forget. Uh, blame my mind, not my heart, but it reminds me of the Handsome Brothers, but much worse. Uh, time, uh, uh, <laughs> you, we, well, why, Everybody why, involved is an idiot. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, that, that, that whole thing, that whole saga is just crazy. We don't have time to get to it. We'll probably get to it in a later right. podcast. But that was just hilarious to me that when I saw that, because even, even my mom was mentioning it to me. I'm like, did you see that fight against the hockey fight? I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. mom, I did. But that's how, that's how crazy it was. I even saw it on GMA. Yeah. So just, it's just it's so crazy. how the crazy was. But yeah, John Davis, that they should. And you wonder why hockey doesn't get the coverage that it deserves because. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like you said, we'll say that for another podcast. Yeah. Continue yeah. on John Davidson, yeah, Davidson, but, please. But, but John Davidson did some great work, you know, both in TSN and also on um, ESPN. So I think he'd be great. I know, I know they've, they've you know, put some feelings out to him. Also, DeRay Ferraro to come back to ESPN. Kevin Weeks, you know, too. So I think he, look, he's done some work for ESPN, you know, doing with their college hockey coverage their last couple of years. So I think he'd be great. So, look, ESPN will have their picks, too. So, you know, there's going to be, like I said, hopefully they'll get Butchie there. Hopefully they can get uh, Steve Levy. Some people have said maybe bring back Gary Thorne. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he would want to do do that anymore. So, you know, that I, I think that If he wants to do it, fine, but I don't know if he wants to at this stage of his life. No, no, no. I think he, yeah, I think he's, I think he's happy with his limited scheduling. I know he retired from the Orioles last year. And I, like, I think he, I think mm-hmm. he's enjoying his retirement, but he might do it for maybe one year and maybe, maybe pass off to somebody, you know, maybe who, who knows, but yeah, so look, it's going to be very – look, like I said, both ESPN and Turner will have a lot of choices. You know, of course, you know, guys from – you know, they're going to be leaving NBC since they're leaving their coverage. They'll definitely – I'm sure they'll probably get first crack at it, both ESPN and Turner. So it's going to, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with their NHL coverage. I'm sure they're going to want – both both are going to want to do it right. Yeah, and I trust they'll both do it right. They have time here to get the rest of their – 
uh, announcing team correcting and see in uh, how they want to present it. And like I said, it's going to be inter- more interesting to see how ESPN does this now since they're back in the fall for the first time in uh, 16, 17 years. So uh, the, all eyes are going to be on them. Uh, I know people want to say, oh, it's going to, pressure is going to be on Turner because they never did hockey before. I think eventually they'll be fine. But it, the pressure, more pressure is going to be, be on ESPN because people like Yo Trilla have been waiting for them to get back on that network for years. Because let's be honest here, this is the time when hockey was coming up in the late 90s into early 2000s. We talked about it before, mm-hmm. following the, the dynasty of the Bulls. It was the Lakers that was running the league at that time. And during their late sports centers at 10, 11 o'clock our time, they had the Lakers highlight and or whoever played on the East Coast at the time, it was Philadelphia and Iverson. But they led Sports Center with their hockey, uh, especially during the playoffs. They said more in the NBA later, i.e. the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And so when they, when ESPN had the NHL on their network, they gave more of a damn about them at that time. These last few years, unless they had Barry Mel- Melrose on there, they don't care about hockey until the playoffs. Yeah. So, but now that's going to change because the game's going to be airing on that network. Yeah, that that's going to be and that's going to be the wild card here too. So. Gonna be very interesting what they what they what they do there. Now the whole now that's not gonna be doing hockey anymore after this season. NBC Sports now the future of their RSNs, you know, NBC Sports Chicago included, is now in question. The Wall Street Journal reported a, a couple of days ago that their first strategy perhaps maybe rebrand streaming, specifically in their their um, streaming uh, app, the Peacock app. And Sid, you and I talked about this right before we started recording our, our next mm-hmm. segment. This is not going to work, especially here in Chicago, where you've got this the only place where you can find the Bulls, the Blackhawks, and the White Sox. Mm. You're not yes. going to get folks here to, to, to go to Peacock. You're, you're not. Especially assuming that you're going to be in the Peacock Plus, which means you have to pay for it, unlike in the, the free version. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get folks to sign up. You better don't don't even think about that. Don't do it. <laughs> this is worse than Jerry Reinstorf, the owner of the Bulls and White Sox. Uh, the White Sox uh, going exclusively to K by they bought the White Sox in the early '80s. So uh, you don't want history repeating itself. As I said before, especially now living in a different age, especially in the digital social media age, people want and need options. Let me repeat that again. People want and need options. I understand streaming is coming a part uh, a part of our lives now it's here to stay it's not going anywhere if you are if you're going to sell me on the fact that streaming is the only way to go i'm not buying it should it be a part of the way that we consume our programming including sports yes but you think that's the only avenue like you said i'm not buying it no pun intended it's nothing like live sports, and I'm watching a, a live Chicago Cubs game as we record. And so, you know, if I had to uh, go find other avenues to stream it exclusively, if it's not on television, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's going to be a big problem, especially here in Chicago. That's not going to go over well. I'm sure some the other cities, exactly, like Philadelphia and New England. Yeah, they, I also read that article was going to try it in Philadelphia, but of course, because of the pandemic and other issues, they didn't do it. So maybe those are the blessing in disguise. Well, and all, and then let's remember too, they all, all have had their, all of them have had their issues and various. We know, mm-hmm. we know some folks, unfortunately, have were let go on the Chicago side. But again, this is not the mm-hmm. way to do it. Now, the other option they said is to perhaps maybe sell them and consolidate them. But you know, who are you going to get? I mean, ESPN had to sell the Fox RSNs and. You know, yes, with the pandemic, yep. I mean, with everything going on, but since things are starting to get back up, 
I mean, they want to, you know, AT&T wants to sell off those RSN. So I, I, I really mm -hmm. don't know what else that they can do. I, I know that streaming is probably going to be the way to go for them, but I think unfortunately you're not, that's not going to go over with a lot of sports fans in some of the bigger cities, especially here in Chicago. It, it just won't. Yeah, and look at what Fox Sports, uh, their regional networks, they, uh, with the whole situation with St. Clair, you know, um, selling those all the Now they rebranded as Bally Sports. So uh, things are getting interesting the way <clears throat> we consume our sports and rebranding, especially with the pandemic that we're not out of it yet, but, you know, we're slowly coming out of it. But, you know, the, the landscape is media is always changing, you know, and, and companies are trying to keep up with the times to see what, what – uh, what they could do with little to nothing. Like I said, we'll definitely keep you guys updated because this is going to be a story that's going to cause a lot of anarchy if they do go with the streaming <laughs> arc. I mean, you know, with ES, with NBC Sports Network, you know, being going to be out by the end of the year, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of their stuff's probably going to end up being on the Peacock app, which I think that's just that's just silly. But again, that's another mm -hmm. episode. That's another that's a thing for another episode, another tangent. But right. <laughs> I, I look. I'm I'm all talked out because this is just absurd. What what the reports are. I hope they don't they rethink this because this will not go over well in some of those cities. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, especially in cities like Philadelphia and Chicago, which uh, uh, those two cities. I'll speak for Chicago because we're broadcasting and we live here. We no matter whether they're good or bad, we are passionate about our sports. If you take a a traditional option away. It's not going to go over well. You saw what happened to the White Sox. They almost lost a generation of fans. But as I said before, when Jerry Reinstar bought the team in the early 80s and he put them on cable, at, it's now NBC Sports Chicago now, but back then he put them on Sports Vision uh, after taking them off of Channel 44, which is yeah. now uh, Telemundo now. But back then it was an English speaking station. Yes. And, and you ask people that, that are aging older and that, that didn't go over well. And look at the, what, what Rocky Roots did after his dad passed away. I mean, his, his, his dad was very mm -hmm. stubborn about putting those Blackhawk games, the home Blackhawk games, I should say, on television. You know, Bill passed Now away. you have a whole generation of fans that watch the Hawks through those cup years yeah, on television imagine, consistently. Look, imagine, and now you have a whole new fan base. Like, look, imagine had they had not done that, had, they, had he had not put those games on television. I mean, you would have mm -hmm. lost a lot. Look, you would have lost a lot of those guys and, you know, lost a lot of those fans, you know, that we would have missed out on seeing all those um, cups. So, yeah, it, it's, look, I, I I hope they don't do that. I hope they rethink this. You know, a lot could probably still happen between now and the end of the year. So, so hopefully, yeah. like, so hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully they'll rethink it. Yeah, like you said, it's just only the beginning, but hopefully um... – Better judgment and better decisions will be will be will be made in this uh, in this um, situation here. Lakina, close us out, please. With that said, we can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly on these sports social media streets, as the kids would say, at uh, SidK80. Once again, that's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's both on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. New episodes for the visual will drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, new episodes for the visual every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can catch our podcast versions every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and every Saturday for the podcast slash audio version at War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. 
We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, and we're on all social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. For Lakina, I am Sid. You've been listening to Sega City Sports Weekend Edition. Have a great weekend. Looks like things are opening up, especially here in the state of Illinois. We are happy about that as the bridge phase will begin next Friday, May 14th. If all goes well, yours truly, along with everybody else, can attend these ball games and get back to some sort of normalcy, and we can uh, enjoy our sports the way we like it. Once again, for Lakina, I am Sid. You're listening to Sega City Sports. Until next time, holla. Stay safe, everybody.